Knack knack. Who's there? Uh, yeah, I'd rather not share that with you. Hey, no sweat. Come on in. Make yourself at home and take anything you want. Wait, you wouldn't let a stranger in your house. Why would you let anonymous traffic scrape your website? Introducing IP Info's Privacy Detection API, a fast and simple way to detect malicious traffic. Activate your free trial today at ipinfo.io. And don't forget to use the promo code CODESTORY at checkout. Uh, you know, you, you've got to build a culture uh, in an organization that is always innovating, that's that's geeking out, if you will, that's that's attending conferences and can subscribe to uh, councils as well as, you know, groups that can teach him what's going on. Not, not everything that's out there becomes a reality. We know that. Uh, but, but we keep our eyes open. So I'll give you an example. You know, there's a lot of excitement about chat, GPT. People are like, oh my gosh, this is going to change the world and life is going to be so amazing. You see, we're thinking about how the bad guys are going to use that tool to make life miserable. My name is Faisal Bhutto and I am the Senior VP here at Callion. This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Lampart, and today, how Faisal Bhutto stepped into Callian's IT and cybersecurity to lead the cloud and cyber charge. All this and more on Code Story. Faisal Bhutto is a family man and the proud father of two girls and a boy. He's based out of Houston and enjoys the outdoors, hunting, sports, and working on his off-road rig. When discussing sports, he mentioned he was lucky enough to go see the World Cup recently. And when I asked about hunting, we yammered on about whitetail and pheasant, as your host is an avid hunter too. Prior to his current role, Faisal built and grew his Computex business to serve the larger part of the United States. Callian took notice and stepped in to acquire their footprint and expand to the U.S., specifically around cloud and cybersecurity. This is Faisal's creation story at Callian. Callion is uh, an organization that's been in existence for 40 years, since 1992, uh, 93. It's our 40th year. Headquartered out of Canada, uh, publicly traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange. And the mission of Callion Group is to help lead healthy, save lives, deliver complex solutions, but engineer them with confidence. So our customers know that they can trust us when they don't have an option to fail. In a nutshell, Callion's go-to-market is divided into four uh, paths or business units, uh, health being one of them, advanced technologies where we have robotics and satellites and a lot of great work we do for some of the you know Canadian National Defense, NATO and others. We have our consulting business uh, uh, that, we, that we run and then uh, last but not the least, a very hot and happening IT and cybersecurity BU, which I am a part of. How I got to Callion is through an M&A exercise. Callion was looking to expand into U.S. to have a larger North American footprint. And, uh, you know, through a process we were owned previously by a, a private equity firm and had gone public through a SPAC process. And uh, an opportunity came about where strategically we had to change directions and we were looking for a suitor. You know, that's where Callion came about. In fact, our BU president worked with us in the past, just knew the guy and trusted him. 
interestingly enough, the deal actually went through. So we joined Callion and gave them their large U.S. footprint, uh, which is all us now, uh, last year around this time. Prior to that, my journey to Computex was uh, I built a business, founded it, uh, you know, grew it uh, as I go through my story and, and then, you know, had an exit. So yeah, that's how I ended up here. Tell me about the MVP, so to speak, of either your business or of when you were acquired with Callion. So the first project you took on, you know, an MVP can be, you know, obviously referred to like minimum viable product, but it could be, you know, the first project you were you were brought in. And what sort of uh, what sort of problems did you have to set out to solve? And uh, and how did you go about it? I think I would I would like go back a little bit in my journey if I think of MVP, um, you know, minimum viable product, I call it most valuable product, right? Uh, the start of subscription economy, right? Early in the days, this is before Amazon Prime and all that, right? I would just purchase and then kind of you sweat the assets for as long as you possibly can. And, and it wasn't focused on outcomes. It was more about afterthought almost. The MVP to me, I would say, and, and I still believe in the tenants and just expanded on it, was when we decided to figure out how we can deliver IT services as an outcome where customers can subscribe to the capabilities they need and can scale up or down depending on their needs, right? And I think that's where we started seeing just the whole concept of subscription economics and uh, and then when we molded IT into it, you know, we, we grew and built an amazing managed IT services platform and a company did really well. And, you know, a lot of folks were interested in either becoming partners with us or frankly buying us. So fast forward 12 years or so since the acquisition with Callion or even slightly prior to it, uh, my focus on the next MVP has been delivering cyber solutions as an outcome to help businesses with compliance, with constantly being attacked by bad actors, right? How do we go navigate this complicated world where privacy is kind of taken for granted at times by employees, how compliance and regulations force you to do certain things, how your reputation at stake, how does a business solve all of this when it's not their core expertise? That's what my MVP is today and, and really excited about the prospects and what we've done so far. So in you know, setting forth with that MVP, you've got to make certain decisions and trade-offs about how you proceed, how you execute. Um, what can we do now towards what we want to do later? So tell me about some of those you had to work through, specifically how you coped with those decisions. You know, as an entrepreneur, you, you and as a founder, you've got to keep trying and keep failing. And, and you may have a best idea on a piece of paper or a PowerPoint deck or whatever. But the reality is often different and you have to tweak, right? I use the analogy, I often build the airplanes as I'm flying, which is dangerous, but you know what? If I don't crash, I'm successful because uh, I can take it to new heights. So I think some of the lessons you learn is, you know, when vision is translated and, and moves into the execution phase, you know, there's some bad product choices you make. There's, you know, some people that you think will come through but perhaps they can't deliver, right? And then acting fast, failing fast are some of the tenants you know, I've, I've learned, you know, when, when you're launching the MVP. So moving forward, you've got, you know, quote unquote, your MVP, right? You've got it working. How are you progressing the product and maturing it? How are you progressing the program and, and the product and all the things that you're deploying? And to wrap that in a box a little bit, what I'm looking for is how, 
how do you go about building your roadmap? How do you decide, okay, this is the next most important thing to address? So, so our MVP, let's, let's just talk about the one I'm talking about. It's our cybersecurity portfolio around managed cyber detection, threat hunting, and response, known as MDR, XDR in the industry, right? We believe uh, what, what we've built, we're perfectly positioned to help customers because we're just not about detecting and identifying bad things that are happening or issues that may be around there that will hurt customers' reputation and, and their, their assets. But it's about if, you know, when bad things do happen, when a breach happens, how do you respond? How do you recover? How do you go ahead and make sure that your reputation stays intact or data can be recovered, right? So that's, we're very strong at that because of our strong skill sets in IT overall, right? We, we, we're not just a cyber uh, portfolio company that can stop attacks or defend them, but we also have an entire engineering and architectural team that can actually help restore. If, if a floor were to burn down, we can actually build it pretty quick. In the world of cyber is, is very complex. There are 3,000 manufacturers slash companies that claim themselves to play a role in the cyber landscape. Just navigating that alone, even as an expert, is hard enough, right? Uh, and you think about customers, what they deal with. So what do we do in terms of roadmap? What do we do in terms of future? Now, we're big on, uh, you know, you, you've got to build a culture uh, in an organization that is always innovating, that's, that's geeking out if you will, that's that's attending conferences and can subscribe to uh, councils as well as, you know, groups that can teach him what's going on. Not, not everything that's out there becomes a reality. We know that. Uh, but what we keep our eyes open. So I'll give you an example. You know, there's a lot of excitement about AI and with chat, um, GPT, people are like, oh my gosh, this is going to change the world and life is going to be so amazing. You see, we're thinking about how the bad guys are going to use that tool to make life miserable for businesses. ChatGPT is already used by threat actors, uh, whether states or, or you know, people that do it as a profession. In the dark slash deep web, you can already see people developing more sophisticated malware code that they can execute within, and they don't even know coding, but ChatGPT can build them a code that they can execute a new malware or do new encryption. You know, we get all these interesting emails from someone who's our long lost relative in a country who left us a lot of money. And, you know, we're like, we make fun of it, right? And then over time, email weaponization got more sophisticated and you almost believe that the email came from your bank or your HR. Well, look at what ChatGPT does. You can draft all these amazing emails. Your English can be poor. You could be sitting somewhere. You may not even have the grammatical skills to write write content. But you can use ChatGPT to actually weaponize an email and fool someone because that's that's the power of it, right? So in, in a cyber sense, see, we're actively thinking about how are we going to defense against how are we going to defend against it? So every time a thread comes out, whether it's whether it's a fad or if it's gonna truly impact our lives, you know, we're pretty quick to catch on to it. And we always think of the implications wearing the bad guys, trying to put ourselves in, in the shoes of a bad guy, how he or she is gonna use it. So that's just one example of it. And we have tons of conversations like this around IoT, around compliance, around what the government is doing, for example, right? So innovation is key. Uh, we have councils internally where we talk about these ideas. We look for what's out there to make our MVP better. And we're, we're, we're staying one step ahead. In what you're describing, you, you have to have people who are willing to stay up to date, to stay connected with the latest trends in technology and cybersecurity and all the happenings. How do you go about building that team? And, you know, what do you look for in those people to indicate that they're the winning horses to join you? 
Good talent attracts good talent. I'm a firm believer that mediocre people don't want to work with exceptional people. You know, if you hire wrong, fire fast. Um, so it's, it's, it, there's a lot you focus on culture. You encourage um, idea creation. You encourage mistakes. It's okay to make them. Uh, and I think once you build that nucleus, it, it, it can actually expand and the system just propagates, if, if you will, when it comes to that innovation, right? So how do we do it? So a few tactical examples, a lot of our technical leaders, you know, they have subscriptions with some of the names like Gartner, they attend large conferences. They're part of user groups like InfraGuard and others. They are actually encouraged to go spend time. It's not always about being billable or, or what have you. It's about improving yourself, learning yourself, right? And these are driven folks, right? That's something that we do and we're really proud at Callian is, is that high performance culture. And that's what we've embedded. And, you know, there's many ways to go and, and, and encourage it. Uh, and I think it starts also, you know, at the top when you just don't rest and you don't want to coast, you kind of drive that down to the organization and your leadership actually follows. Right. That's what they do. So uh, many ways of doing it. I, I think it's the it's encouraging the creativity. It's giving space to come up with ideas uh, and no idea is a bad idea until it becomes a bad idea. And you tell them it's a bad idea. Faisal, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, your organization, your approach, your program, what are you most proud of? If I'm hanging out at a balcony in a great Houston weather like I'm experiencing today and look back at what I've built, I think the biggest thing I'm proud of is like, you know, initially your motivation is to build a business because you want to make money or you want to make a name for yourself or you're, you're trying to like survive in, in a high paced growth world. But I think what I'm proud of is like I've happened to be able to build solutions with my team, which actually help the good guys or gals, right? Like the the if you think in terms of cyber, I, I talk about it a lot. You know, as an entrepreneur, you're you're putting pretty much your life savings on the line and perhaps your friends and relatives and investors. You're out there working, you know, 18, 20 hour days in order to survive and thrive. And then just because someone who wants to be take that away from you could attack you could hurt your reputation could steal money from you could steal your customers data and then all that hard work that you did you did nothing wrong but it, it just just dissipates right and it's very hard to recover some of the largest companies can't recover from a from a threat uh, from a cyber event so the thing i'm most proud of and i think the one that continues to fuel me is the capability and mvp and solutions we have built are actually helping businesses that generate employment for, you know, good, hardworking people. And and we keep them secure. We keep them protected. The other one that drives me and, and I'm proud of is like, I feel like everything I do to make this world safer is it helps my future generation and our future generation. I, I think we owe it to them to leave this place better than the way we received it. Um, so I feel like I'm I'm making a dent in it, you know, in my little way, right? So that's something I, it, it gives me the motivation to keep on going. Okay, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. There is some, just the right word, uh, I'm going to use it. Let's just call it ruthlessness you need in business. And sometimes when you're trying to do good and, and you're, you're, you're positive, you kind of lose track that, not every player in your team deserves a longer chance, perhaps. So I think some mistakes I've made along the way is I'm a very trusting uh, kind of a person. You know, you need that in a team. You know, you build a high performance team because you have high performing people and you don't have a lot of weak links. Right. But sometimes you, your gut's telling you something, 
but you you said no 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 it's going to work out so i feel like i would if if i look at my teams and perhaps maybe some time that i lost when it comes to innovation uh, entrepreneurs have it right they they learn to fail fast after the fact right so one mistake i i i would say i would generally i would make is that i've made is i i should have identified in certain areas where i i say okay i'm going to fail and i'm going to fail fast and this is not working out instead of keeping on to that idea for example you know i invested in a backup as a pro- backup as a service product with a company that went bankrupt right i drank the kool-aid i got really excited with it invested a lot of money in it thought i'll be able to go build backup as a service and next thing i knew amazon and google and microsoft were in it and i kind of knew the signs but i thought ah oh, no no it's okay i i i think i can slightly do better i should have probably exited and taking my chips off the table So there's stuff like that that I've made along the way that that uh, hopefully I don't repeat but I'm sure I'm going to make new mistakes. What does the future look like with what you've built at Callion and for that team? The future is complicated. <laughs> It's going to be difficult uh for for all of us in the industry, but the opportunities are massive. Um I believe that there is enough collaboration now amongst private and public sector as well as you know hopefully as you you know people that participate in the world economic forum around security issues i think there is seeds of collaboration that are now finally product if you will so i think the future despite all the doom and gloom from an industry standpoint and for an entrepreneur to capitalize on the complexity i think is great so if you ask me in the next 7 years up until 2030 as an entrepreneur right what problems that i'm solving would they have a huge impact on the world and will make money along the way with cyber i can pretty much put that on top of my list so that excites me as an entrepreneur right that i'm going to solve complex problem and grow the business revenue margins what have you improve people's lives right their livelihood so that's exciting i'm not going to relax this is not the environment where you relax which is awesome you know uh, and and that will feed into our culture where we love the challenge the future is bright for the industry as long as the good guys stay together and and defeat the bad ones. If you could go back to the beginning, the very beginning, either when you're you're building your company or you're beginning at Callion, what would you do different? Where would you consider taking a different approach? Could be a mistake, could could not be a mistake, but something you'd tweak. I think um trying to be jack of all trades sometimes, trying to check a lot of boxes to keep your customers secure and not let the competition come in. Uh, I think in the initial part of the business, I felt like I was trying to be a lot to a lot of people and that doesn't always work even though your market addressable market might get smaller as you narrow your focus but it does allow you to become really good at it and if you fail you have a plan b and a plan c so I would say that's something I would have done differently if I go way back when we uh you know back in the enet days early 2000s right again as an entrepreneur someone you 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 know someone who chasing sales and business uh you know you you want to say yes right but you don't learn to say no uh, i wish i would have learned to say no to bad deals and bad customers early on so last question you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing they're jazzed about it they can't wait to show it off to the world can we show it off to you right there on the plane what advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit i think i mentioned it earlier right i would definitely tell that young person to stay excited uh, but realize that just accept the fact that whatever he's he or she's got in their pitch deck only comes true when they put it into execution so don't wait 
for it to be perfect and then launch it get it ready enough to launch it and adjust along the way like my analogy funny thing if i'm sitting on a plane i'll talk about build a plane as you fly it he or she may not like it uh, but the reality is you just you don't know what you don't know and market changes you know customers demand changes and you may be 6 months 8 months 9 months behind or someone else might have uh, leapfrogged you just just know when to do the launch where it's a it's a minimum viable product like you said and and then be ready to adjust don't just blindly fall in love uh, cuz that's the worst thing people do as entrepreneurs right they just they just are so their conviction makes them you know almost you know just just be in love with that one idea and they don't adjust right but i'd say any young entrepreneur who's looking to start or they're really excited to launch a product launch it soon uh don't wait till it's perfect because you'll only perfect it along, along the way as you get real time feedback so that's uh i think that learning that balance is important absolutely couldn't agree more well faisal thank you for being on the show today and thank you for telling your creation story at kalian oh it was an absolute pressure uh great talking to you and i hope uh, folks that are listening can be inspired and learn and uh i'd love to learn from them as well And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Labhart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on menards.com. Save big